This week, we take on a movie made for anyone who ever played a video game and thought to themselves, I wonder what her story is. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin, don't you know? So, guys, this is the podcast where we watch a bad movie and we chat about it. Yeah, why are you telling us that? We've done this before. Ex post facto. Well, I'm telling you that for the audience. Hey, I just, I just, oh. I just got that bit where you, where you say, "Don't you know?" That's that's like Irish, right? Were you, were you? An Irish baby born in Thailand? Yeah, I was an Irish baby. My parents were missionaries who died when I was a baby, but I still have an Irish accent. You retain elements of your Irish accent. Yeah, and I became became a well-known thief on the streets of Thailand stealing baskets of fish. (laughs) Sure. We saw a film... That uh, had the exact same picture. plot. Yeah, well, the, the bad bl- guy. that was the backstory. That was like the plot of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the plot of the- <laughs> It was a backstory for the main bad guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he was based loosely based on me. I'm not a villain, mm-hmm. and uh, he's older than me. He was, it was also <laughs> based on the popular... Uh, Everything else, though, is exact. exactly right the same, yeah. That you big- have uh, you've taken your conscience and inserted it into a baby. Yes, yeah, but in this case, that was just to keep it safe. Yeah, of course. That character was also based on the Hanson song, Mmm Bison, the popular Hanson song. That was fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, we watched Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's based on the popular... It is, and and the word legend is very loosely used. Series. Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean, doesn't... Street Fighter 2. We all remember Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition, Super Mm -hmm. Street Fighter 2. Turbo Remix. Street Fighter 2.1. Yeah. Beta. Uh-huh. <laughs> Street Fighter XP. Yeah. Those are, you play those in arcades down in Chinatown, right? Against kids. Who I mean, really I, didn't, I didn't play them in Chinatown. Oh, you mean now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I'm a tourney guy. I go for the tourneys. Sure. You, who's, who's your guy? Which guy do you like to play with? Well, it depends on how I'm feeling that day. Sure. Uh, if I'm feeling a character who's a little lighter on his feet, I'll go with Vega, because he's got a Spanish gay thing that's very uh, Almodovar. Uh, sure. But, you know, if I want a more character who's more of a bruiser, I'll go with Blanca. Uh-huh. His electricity attack is good for keeping uh, the kid I'm playing against off balance. And he has really cool chest hair. Yeah. And you like yeah. to make the sound effects when he wins. You like to make that same sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that the other characters are vaguely human, whereas he's um, you know just clearly some kind of some, beast. Yeah, some kind of a uh, animal. Like, why would they let him into the World Warriors <laughs> tournament? I'm just surprised he's wearing pants. <laughs> well, <laughs> guys, to set this up for not nerds, which, which makes up as much as five percent of our audience, you are um, overestimating. <laughs> Street Fighter Two, of course, was a, uh, a member of the popular genre of video game known as the fighting game, the side-scrolling fighter. Uh, yeah. Fighting games, of course, known for their plots. Or a sprite-based fighting yeah, game. Yeah, which make say. it the best thing to adapt into a film, a feature film. I mean, you know, sometimes... Uh, you're, you're being a little sarcastic, Dan. I, don't, I, I think I think <laughs> I detected using, some That sarcasm. might not be coming through to the audience. The literary uh, term would be irony. Sure. That's what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, well... You know, the movie Mortal Kombat was... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
<laughs> was really good. Was so amazing. I, was, I had high hopes going into this one. Since to be Mortal honest Kombat with y'all. and Street Fighter were the two big games, like you in the kids would divide up whether they were a Street Fighter person or a Mortal Kombat person. Yeah, and they were like right. dance battles between the groups of yeah, kids. Yeah, sure. Rap offs. Rap offs. That's based on battles. based on the content of the game. <laughs> Slam offs. <laughs> just dozens to, fights. You know things uh, that happened in the nineties is what I'm sure I'm thinking about. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bosnia, <laughs> uh, Lewinsky trial, MC Hammer, <laughs> MC Hammer, um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, sure. all these things. So, um, yeah, so this this movie is based on uh, it's based on Street Fighter. Yeah, but not really. Not yeah, because not. it's based on a character. Well, a couple of characters, but mainly, primarily one character. Well, it, it is a movie where Street Fighter. They have ta- they have written a story and they have given some of the characters in the story the names of Street Fighter characters. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. what it comes down to, and in one case, the glove of a Street Fighter character. Yeah, and the and the uh, and the Haruken fireball power. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I don't know. Let's. I I feel like we've probably already confused everyone. So let's let's start with a synopsis. Okay. Shouldn't we? Yeah, that's fine. Can we start with Thanatopsis? Um. The the classic American poem by <laughs> William Cullen Bryant. No. Okay. Well, then let's do a synopsis <laughs> then. Um. I, I I would take a stab at it because I feel like this always goes to Elliot, but I was sort of sick today, so my and about, brain is a little about hazy. twelve minutes into the movie, you got up and made popcorn for a while. Yeah, yeah so, for about another twelve minutes. Here, here, let me uh, let me Stuart, let me take, take the reins. You take here, it this okay? time. So uh, there's this little girl who's like half Chinese and half, uh, I guess, English. I don't know something. Yeah, and she and her dad are in Thailand. Played by, uh, well, not played yet. No, they're by, in Hong Kong. But eventually okay, she will be played by Kristen Crook, also uh, a mixed-race actress. Who doesn't look it, though. Yeah. yeah. So they're in uh, they're in Hong Kong, you said? Yeah. And uh, he's, like, teaching her kung fu, and she loves her dad. <laughs> and then uh, a bunch of ninjas show up, and Michael Clark Duncan show up and start beating up her dad. And then uh, Neil McDonough, who in this movie uh, is playing a character yeah. named M. Bison. How many other movie, Flymouse movies has he been in? Because he was in 88 Minutes. As the as the imprisoned killer. Oh yeah, right. And I think I, I at least one, one other one. Flophouse listeners may remember him as being the guy with the transparent eyes. He has the clearest blue eyes. <laughs> you can get lost in them. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's addicted to the spice from Dune. Yeah, but they're not is. like they're, <laughs> absolutely. But they're not like Paul Newman like blue eyes. Where you're like, like, oh, like what a handsome friend. man. Yeah, it's like you know the, this man has no soul. Yeah, and it's reflected by the fact that his eyes have no color. Yeah. And in this in this movie, I think like his his character didn't. Well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> well, let's just so say. Uh, this like they evil, kidnap the dad. Yeah, this evil dude takes his, uh, takes her dad, and then I guess they just let her live in this giant house. Well, the family's still rich. I guess they're still wealthy. Yeah, and, and she's uh, a piano prodigy. She's a piano prodigy, and her mom Which figures into the movie exactly none. Her <laughs> well, mom she's is Asian, dying so. of uh, of That's cancer or something. She dies, and then she grows up. And then uh, she, she like dies, it. and then she grows up. No, no, no I'm talking about Chun Li. Chun Li, okay, sorry, main character. She, so she's don't be uh, so literal. She Dan. goes like wandering around looking for her dad or something, and then she runs in uh, runs afoul of these bad guys, and then she meets this weird ancient <laughs> uh, like trainer or something who basically a named, sensei just named Gen. Yeah, yeah, named Gen. He's just wandering the streets waiting for someone to train. Yeah, he in keeps the popping of, up. And he's got a spider web tattooed on his hand. Yep. He used to be part of the big crime organization that M. Bison, Neil McDonough, runs called Shadloo, was it? 
Shadalow. Shadalow. And uh, but isn't like the but he ga- he said he changed his ways. Now he he protects the people of the slums of Bangkok. But also, isn't the like the shell corporation for the bad uh, bad guys named the Esperanto Corporation? Yes. Neil McDonough mm-hmm. also runs the Esperanto Corporation <laughs> and Esperanto Securities, yeah. which is a huge named size after paper. the popular failed uh, made up language <laughs> that was meant to bring us all together. And it's, it's a good cover. Happened. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good. It is good one cover. of the two most successful. Uh, man-made languages, along with or, Klingon. Or, yes, the other one. The, those are the most successful artificial languages. Not sure. So let's get back to the tale. Okay. Um, <laughs> Legend. Now, uh, so Stuart, Stuart, starts. Out you haven't scroll. even introduced Chris Klein yeah, so. or Money Blood Glow. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's let's. Uh, while, while he has to find Chun-Li. his place in the scroll, the ancient yeah. scroll he's been reading this off of. I've got my scroll laid out. Chun Li's being trained put, by yeah. Chun Li's being trained by this ancient master. While that's happening, uh, Chris Klein, who is doing his best Jason Lee impression <laughs> as like a hard-boiled Interpol <laughs> agent cop guy, who is always wearing like V-neck uh, like T-shirts and rolled-up sleeve. It's kind of like shirts. it's like a part Bruce Campbell would play if Bruce Campbell was really greasy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and had no charisma. And he is partnered up with uh, with a Moon Bloodgood. Uh, that, that's the actress's name. Not that's the not the character. character. Yeah. The character's uh, name I don't remember. It's also not the name of a fictional werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real name. And she is apparently some kind of slutty cop. I don't. She's part of. The, well, here's the. It's the weird thing is she's part of the Bangkok homicide division, but sure. she doesn't look really very Asian either and she's always walking around in really low cut tank tops and things yeah yeah. well but she's all, I mean I thought she was part of Interpol is that what Chris, Chris I don't Klein think is? so I thought she, well Chris Klein they're... is working with Homicide yeah she shows mm. up with like SWAT guys at oh, one okay. point I think. yeah she's, she's part of that uh, thing but so it's, she's so, local so there, there are like there we've got, are, we've like, got to talk about the races solvers. about the races of the people who play the characters so they're, they're like the they're like you know they're like our police characters effectively and they got a lot of really witty banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of banter that you have no idea what the fuck they're talking about most of the time. But they yeah. just say everything with a smirk on their face. Yeah, you know it's a joke basically by the delivery, not by the content. Yeah. And eventually, I gotta Chun-Li say- starts doing some shit to try and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's accurate. Ebe- she, eventually, she, starts, she, she does. She starts going after like the uh, Bison's company... And then somehow she crosses path with the, the cops, and then something the M Bison's company is bring, is trying to take over the waterfront slums of Thailand of Bangkok, and then that subplot is dropped. Who cares? Sure. And the, something called the White Rose is being brought into Bangkok that uh, M Bison really wants badly, and no one knows what it is. It must be some kind of super weapon. Elliot. Yeah, must be something amazing that they have or to take Liz from. Or Liz Taylor's new. Uh, Scent, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. These have always brought me luck. <laughs> uh, but the sorry, so they they decide they need this white rose thing, and Chun Li is trying to take yeah, down. Yeah, Chun Li tries to like find it, and then she ends up getting captured by Bison. She and seduces then, one of M Bison's, I guess, female lieutenants. Yes, and then and they have then, a fight scene in a bathroom. Yeah, well, no, we'll get into that scene yeah, that, in more depth later. Uh, okay. Painfully erotic battle scene. So uh, she eventually gets <laughs> captured. Uh, she meets her captive father, who's been alive all these years. And then her dad gets killed. And Bison snaps his neck. Yeah, right in front of her. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, no, that only serves. To and then he's like, her. he's like, okay, like whatever, you suck, and he leaves. Like, there's no way you can stop me, and he leaves. And then, of course, his two henchmen let her escape after she beats them up. And then she runs through the streets, and then she gets shot, and then she gets saved. <laughs> she gets shot, and then she's being chased by the two clumsiest henchmen in the world. They're running through these crowded Bangkok streets. Not like, but they'll be pl- uh, knocking over fruit stalls and things. But there's plenty of room to run mm-hmm. around the fruit stalls. There's, there, w- it- there's one scene where she, he, like a, a guy, was literally like shooting over a bunch of greenery. Like there's <laughs> like a foot clearance, but then he felt like, oh god, and he had to push the greenery <laughs> it's over. Like they, it, they, it's messing up my vision. They, they could very quickly catch her, but they have to slow down and push over all these stalls. And then when the villains are almost at her, the townspeople rear up and throw fruit at them and they run away. Yeah, you know, I think maybe those guys, just like one of their tasks for later on in the day, they went into their Microsoft Outlook <laughs> and were like, task, push over fruit stalls. <laughs> like, ah, oh, well, we gotta do this and we gotta do that later. Why don't we just, we're here, let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Knock some sure. fruit over on the ground. Uh, so yeah, uh, so she gets shot and then that her sensei shows up. and Who, who she thought was dead because his house blew yeah, up. Yeah, he got hit by a missile launcher or something. <laughs> And he shows up, and he uses magic to heal her bullet wound, and then they hang out for a bit, and then, and then somehow they split up again, and then she goes and finds the cops who... <laughs> who have seen her once, Oops. and she doesn't know their names, but she finds Chris Klein and says, I need backup. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know how she doesn't know his name, because he's constantly saying, <laughs> Nash, out. I'm Nash. It's me, Nash. It's Doing... Nash. Yeah. Bring men in. And people are just shouting Nash. It's really weird. Um, so they Nash, not- goodbye, farewell, amen. Nash. Yeah. <laughs> so they end up, there's a showdown at the, uh, at, at, like, the, at the wharf. Yeah. Um, and they realize. The Lieutenant Wharf. Yeah, and some people get, some bad guys get killed. And then the, they find <laughs> out the, the, that uh, the, the White, White Rose, Rose was, uh, was Bison's daughter all who, along. Bison's daughter who... When he was a young man who grew up at, on the streets of Thailand as a fish thief, who <laughs> in, he needed to for so, this makes no sense. But he took his wife, pregnant wife, to a cave because he needed to appease the dark gods to get rid of his conscience, which I guess was holding him back in the crime game. Mm-hmm. Like he could be advancing, but the conscience was getting in the way. So he plunges his hands into her pregnant belly, and it's much less exciting than it sounds, and puts his conscience in the in his infant daughter yeah and that's the white rose that he wants to get because he seems to have lost track of her at some point and i've always been under the impression that if a person wants to get rid of their conscience they're basically almost there already like (laughs) you know if you're the kind of person who's interested in divesting (laughs) yourself of your conscience you can basically just decide not to care about things and just do it that way rather than mystically putting your conscience in a uh, unborn child yeah, I mean, at that point, if you've already made the decision that you're going to, like, stab your pregnant wife in the belly with your hands, yeah, I think you're you're probably okay. Like, you, you've well, probably got a pretty good control you're, over you're, that conscience. You're pretty evil. Maybe yeah. that's the twist. Maybe it's like Dumbo's feather. Like, he didn't the power was already in him. Yeah, that's... He that's very up- uplifting and inspiring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, the message of Street Fighter. So, Bison takes his, his, his daughter, Conscience, to his house, and all our good guys end up showing up at some point. And there's some battling. And, fight to the finish. Yeah, there's a fight to the finish, and Bison ends up getting his head, uh, like snap, like turned around, all the way around. And then uh, you know everybody's okay at the end. Yeah, 
I like your I like, no surprises. I like your summary, Stuart, because it's it's sort of like a six year old talking about a movie he saw last night. He's like, and then and then this happened. This, and, oh man, and then and this other piece of, happened. There's a bunch oh, of man. battling. Yeah, there's there was not nearly as much battling as I would have expected. There, yeah, there's maybe what like five fight scenes in a yeah. 95 minute movie, mm-hmm. and none of them are like it's not like they're old boy hallway marathon length fight scenes. Like they're just. Your normal like yeah, a couple wire stunts, yeah, a couple grabbing each other's arms and then like shifting your position around and grabbing their arm again. There's a very disappointing scene fight with Vega, another Street Fighter character who wears a mask and has three blades on one hand like Wolverine. Sure, and uh, she takes him down in I don't know like two minutes, a yeah. minute and a half. Yeah, not very climactic. And then you he's expect made it- out he's made out to be like the Boba Fett of this universe. Yeah, too. yeah. And I almost assumed, like, oh, okay, well, he'll come back at some point for revenge. No, he's just gone, you know. Yeah. That was yeah, all like, you, you, I'm, I can only imagine that in the movie theaters that all the guys who, who you know, plunked down all their hard, hard-earned money to play the game, the video game in the arcade, who like to play with this Vega character, were really disappointed that their <laughs> favorite character was not doing any of his signature battle And, and not even wearing matador pants. Yeah. Uh, as he does in the game. That which is probably the best best part about it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone in the game, everyone has these very specific outfits that they wear, and in the movie, they don't even they don't even go to that length he of did, having them put on the costumes. He did slice through a chain link fence at one point, and uh, I believe that he would always fight within a cage. He would climb oh, up on yeah, a cage. That's right. true in like a tapas bar. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you think it was a tapas bar? It was a bar of some kind, <laughs> and he's Spanish. Probably a top spot. The, the plane he flies stopped. to Spain when you're about to fight him. You know? He stops yeah. for a few olives in between. <laughs> Although, but and the character in the in the video What's game, on this, the this character has really like very effeminate sound effects when he does things and when he gets punched. And he hurt. holds a rose, but he doesn't do any of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. No, it's like not it's, that not that that makes this a bad movie. They kind of rob zombie eyes the character, like he's yeah. a big lumbering idiot. Yeah. So guys, um, sure. So it's a bad movie. Yeah, well, there are a few things worth talking about. Um, I think that one of them is that amazing sequence we talked about before, where for some reason Chun-Li uh, tracks down this woman, um, who I guess is a, a bigwig in the Impisum uh, crime yeah, corporation. Yeah, And uh, figures that this is her way to get a message to M. Bison. And so she goes into this club... Which is called, uh, what, Insomnia? Is that what it's called? Uh, or? Yeah, yeah it was right. called yeah, Insomnia. Yeah. yeah. In really, like, cartoony, colorful letters. Yeah, in, like, yeah. burrito bar letters. <laughs> <laughs> and she walks in, and she's wearing, like, a granny sort of outfit. Yeah, it was, With her hair up in two sort of uh, Star Wars show buns. To put it in terms that, that our audience will understand, she's dressed like Mon Mothma, but she has hair like Leia in the first movie. <laughs> And uh, she catches Wink. this woman's eye from across the room. Sure. And there's immediate electricity. I guess that we're it was like meant that. to think that this was her plan all along. She's I like, guess so. I've researched this lady, and I know that she's a lesbian with a fetish for bun hair. For Leia. Yeah. And so it was hot. That was a hot scene, man. It that was, was like not. that scene in basic, that Basic no. Instinct. It was the least. It was the least hot lesbian hot. seduction scene I think ever in movie history. Yeah. As a straight man, who uh, you know, sorry to our lesbian listeners. You know, as uh, yeah, sorry, Dan's not into you. You're, he's taken. <laughs> no, I'm saying I no, I'm apologizing to our lesbian listeners for doing the straight man thing of fetishizing lesbianism a little bit. Sure, like uh, Missy Monday oh. or something. Yeah, sure. 
Um, I would normally think, okay, sexy scene. Our our sexy heroine is going to seduce this lady. No, like they go, they sort of dance awkwardly around each other, like really. Just... It's almost like a lesbian seduction at like a seventh grade dance. <laughs> yeah, like they don't get it that close to each other, and they, they sort kind of, of feel twitch. weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they can't dance. Yeah, but that means electricity the... between them. Let me the, tell you, the hench lady. Or boss lady follows her into the ladies' bathroom, mm-hmm. and then then the sparks are going to lock the door. We've all and seen you're this. Like, we've all seen this porno. They're going to lie where, on the ground where and scissor each other. For some reason, it's assumed we'll find it sexy that they're having sex over a toilet. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but no, that's not what happens. <coughs> that is, that is the sexiest place to have sex. We've already covered that, Elliot. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of fighting. Yeah, instead, of, fight instead in of sex, it's a bunch of punching and it a lot is, of like. It is one maybe that's maybe the best fight scene in the in the movie. I would guys, say, guys, maybe that's how lesbians have sex <laughs> by I, punching I don't know. each I other. Have, I don't have no personal, you know, first. I've only experience. seen the movies, and those yeah, are made for sure. straight guys. Yeah, so it could be just a bunch of kung fu fighting. Yep. Wait, that's what that was. It was made. It looked like a bunch of arm bars and like <laughs> smashing each other into things. Yeah, it was. Well, they were fighting in a confined space. It was like okay. the fist fight in From Russia with Love. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. or the, in the trailer train. in Kill Bill. It was. It was also Part a lot two. like. Uh, it was like that fight scene in the in the bathhouse in Eastern Promises. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Only except that not was, as sexy. Only that was sexier. <laughs> yeah, that was way as sexier. a straight man, I will say, <laughs> seeing Megan Morgan yeah, naked, see, was seeing the back than... of his scrotum <laughs> was was very exciting. That's the best part of the scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like you're talking about it like you're going to eat it. Yes, that's a cut of meat. That's the prized cut. <laughs> we give that to the most honored guest. This is the filet and scrotum. So yeah, that that scene was really good. Uh, you were talking earlier about how this movie plays uh, plays it kind of loose with the the ethnicity of its actors. Yeah, the main the lead actress. So I guess Dan looked up on Wikipedia. I guess, and she is half Chinese, but she really doesn't look it. Mm-mm. And, you know, the main character, the main villain is, he operates out of Hong Kong, but he is, but he's supposed to be Irish, like he's white. The As you, as the, you pointed out before we, like, really got into things, so I think that the audience may have missed it. Oh. He does have an Irish accent. He does have a... Despite coming of, to China Despite being a baby. a baby. Yeah, despite so. growing up... Well, Thailand. <laughs> despite growing up in Thailand, he has an Irish accent because his parents were Irish, so I guess yeah. it's genetic. And Hiram Gringold, or whatever her name is, Blood Goods, <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, has... Blood Goods. She, she does not... She looks like maybe she's... I mean, I don't know what her ethnicity is, but she does not look Thai... Like Chris right. Klein is the other hero. He's well, what's weird is he works for Interpol, but he's not English. Like yeah. all the ethnicities are weird, but it's also maybe he was trying. She's to like Native accent. American. Dude. Maybe I don't think you walk around with a name like B- Bloodgood and not <laughs> that be... might not be her real name. Something tells me Bloodgood might not be her real last. <laughs> That's name. just her vampire name. But sure. it's one of these. It's it's very very much LARPing. like a movie like movies from the 30s, like The Hatchet Man or The Good Earth, where the main characters are supposed to be Asian, but they're played by white or white-looking actors. And then in the back, you have real Asian people who are extras who don't say anything. And it's just weird that in a movie made, I guess what, they made it in 2008, that set about a character named Chun-Li who's Chinese, that you don't have a Chinese actress. And if it's in Thailand, you don't have, like, a Thai actress. It was just very weird, like... As if audiences today will not go to see movies with Asian characters or something. Yeah, it's not like the movie... Like, theoretically, if you're making a movie based on Street Fighter, I mean, there's, I'm guessing, a relatively large Asian market for this sort of thing. I would think so. Because, I mean, that's 
all those guys I see playing the fucking thing down at the arcade. Well, it does seem like an <laughs> odd choice. Like, Ethnographer Stuart Wellington. <laughs> it does seem like an odd choice on another level that they didn't go out and get like a Hong Kong action star to play this role. Instead, they're like, like Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, a Jackie a Chan female, and drag. Some a, like it, Chun Li hot. A female action star, Stuart. Chun get, like it hot. That's no, that's good. I like it. Yeah, well, you guys are fighting for best jokes tonight, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, let me say what I was going to but this say is the kind before of Elliot injected that <laughs> hilarious pun. Like they could have gotten someone who, you know of the correct ethnicity who could also fight, but instead they're like, let's get that girl from Smallville and like cut it together with the stunt double. Why you not know? get what's her name from Crouching Tiger, yeah. and Dragon? Wait, which one? Zhang Jimmy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember how to pronounce her name. Yeah, I bet you could do that stuff. Not Michelle Yeoh. She's too old for the role. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, but like a young Michelle Yeoh, yeah, like a super cop type. Era. Okay, so you're now you're, now you're doing like Wizard Magazine style casting. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be, yeah, the way you cast it just based on what someone looks like. For Venom, Eddie Brock's a big guy and he's blonde, so Howie Long is a definite. Gambit would be Jean Claude Van Damme, of course. Wolverine, Glenn Danzig. Sure, let's take them all off. I don't remember who else they had. Peter Weller should be should be Vision because he's awesome <laughs> as RoboCop. <laughs> And Captain America would, of course, be Howie Long. <laughs> I am in two roles. <laughs> two roles. It's a okay. tour de force <laughs> sure. for Howie Long in Marvel Comics I mean, the not, movie. He's not really doing anything. I mean, he's <laughs> not since his ads with Terry Hatcher. He's in ads Long. with somebody else now, and it feels like he's cheating on Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I love those ads because it was like, are we supposed to believe they're married or they're roommates or what? Well, I, I, <laughs> I had no, really, you know, I would see those ads, and I, I would have, no, I had no idea who Howie Long was, and so like. Oh, like, uh, he's a football star, duh. Exa- well, star exactly. Star firestorm. Stuart, you have met me before. You are second, aware that I would not know a football star. Secondary role in Broken Arrow. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like Years later, I learned that they weren't married. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, why were they in those commercials together? They were cheating on their it spouses. It doesn't make any sense. That was like right after Lois and Clark, too. Huh? It, was a, it was, yeah. It was when, uh, Terry, uh, uh, Terry Hatcher calls those her, her years in the wilderness. Sure. Between Lois and Clark and Desperate Housewives. Heaven's Prisoners. Heaven's years. Prisoners is somewhere around there. Gross. <laughs> All right. Thumbs down on her on that in that movie. Okay. Grody. You know, let's just th- let's just not. think about the cool surface. How about that? Okay. Not. All right. So here's something else that bothers me about this movie. So apparently, Jen. Uh, Gen. Gen. Jim. In the holograms. Jim. Jim is my name. No one else is the same. Jim is my name. Jim. So so the sensei. Yeah, sure. his character. Apparently he's got magic powers. Yeah, he can make hadoukens and <laughs> yeah. heal people. He can do that, and he can like heal he, cuts. He's like a Scientologist. He uses his mind power. Yeah. And he's got a fucking sweet apartment. If he has yeah, magic... he's got a real nice loft space. Until, I mean, obviously it doesn't until, have a lot of missile protection. Until Michael Clark Duncan <laughs> blows it up. Oh yeah, Michael Clark Duncan's in this movie too. I just feel like if he has magic powers, then things should be a lot simpler than well, they are. Well, it's kind of like uh, D Wars, Dragon Wars, yeah. where Robert Forster has these amazing magic <laughs> oh, yeah. powers, but he does all he does is appear <laughs> occasionally and pull the hero out of jams. But it's very obvious that Robert Forster could solve the problem all by himself. Like he's got magic powers. Yeah, it's kind, Gen can kind of do this. He doesn't need Chun Li at all. No, I like to think that he's obsessed with the idea of getting somebody else to do it. So he's like lazy. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll put in the months, we have to assume, of training 
but he's well, he's motivated, but he doesn't like leaving his house. Yeah, maybe he's agoraphobic. Maybe that's one, what it one is. of my favorite. Well, scenes he does in, have a really nice house. One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, Chun Li first encounters again. He's being beaten up on a subway platform, and she saves him. But she doesn't see his face, and then later, and he's she, you see his spider tattoo on his hand. Then later, this is five minutes into the movie. Five minutes in, then about eight minutes in, ten minutes in, she goes to a marketplace and bumps into a janitor sweeping the sidewalk, and she notices he has the same spider tattoo. Can't get around this guy; he moves so quick, like a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, she goes into a store feet away, and the woman says, "You need to find Gen, the man with the spider web tattoo, and she, you have to go to Bangkok." And then the next scene is her leaving her house and flying to Bangkok. It's like, that dude was just, he's just a couple feet away. Like, he's sweeping yeah. the ground right outside well, the store. Well, as soon as she shows, she, like, she mentions it, then shows the tattoo, they, of course, have a flashback in, like, that's, like, sepia-toned <laughs> of her, like, seeing the guy with the tattoo, like, from three minutes ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. are they expecting the audience to be, like, <laughs> like, oh. Oh, that! But he had the tattoo. Oh, I see what they did. I That's amazing. That the audience spends so much of its brain power remembering combos that it, it cannot take in plot developments. I think that the audience for the flop house does not realize what we now know to be true, uh, having had to watch all these, which is the extreme um, commonness of flashbacks to things that <laughs> happened five minutes before. Yeah, like if you only watch. Good movies, you would not be aware that this is a thing. But having watched so many bad movies, there's so many flashbacks. Like no one making a to bad footage movie from earlier in the film. Yeah, no one in making a bad movie has any fa- any faith in the audience's short term memory. Like I mean, I, I I guess maybe they're all stoned. Maybe they all have bad like short term memory Possibly. themselves. I don't, I don't. I think they expect this movie is bad. Only stupid people will see this movie. Yeah. Yeah, let's spell Do you think like test audiences insisted that they add in those flashbacks? I think test audiences were like, Whoa, oh, wait a minute. This the web, this guy with the cobweb hand came out of nowhere. How would this is foreshadow that? Yeah. Test audiences gave this movie an A plus. <laughs> like, it's testing through the roof. This is doing We've great. Never had such a, such the, a great response. The dials were actually set backwards by accident so everyone was going boo terrible but it was registering as fantastic best movie ever um we haven't really talked about comparing this movie to uh street fighter the old one one with raul julia and we can do that i I can't join in because i've not seen that old one i haven't seen it since i was a kid i haven't seen it since it was in the movie theater Uh, raul julia and neil mcdonough have very different ways of playing m bison (laughs) the same character yeah yeah neil mcdonough's is more of a uh, evil businessman, yeah. whereas Raul Julia's is more of a uh, kind of like Stalin Mao type character. Yeah, he also there was a certain like fatalism in Raul Julia's performance. Yes. Like obviously now we know why, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> but there's this, you know, there's this like almost a sadness that kind of hangs over oh, him. God. Well, there, there's definitely, he definitely he there's a he brings more to the role just by virtue of being Raul Julia. Yeah. And I mean, it's I think the sheer Raul Julian combined with yeah. the fact that Juliosity. I mean, his uh, his his opponent, like his nemesis, adds weight to him. You know, when when his bad guy, like the good guy that he's fighting, is Jean Claude Van Damme, yeah. as opposed to JCVD. Yeah, as opposed to some chick from Smallville. Like <laughs> that makes him seem more badass. You know, it is weird though the part where Jean Claude Van Damme starts speaking French and M. Bison goes, "Oh, mi amour," and starts kissing up his his arm. Mm. That's, That's weird. <laughs> 
That was a little weird. They didn't do that in this movie. No. Raul Julia is an interesting case because he's a very good actor that nobody can seem to remember any of the movies that he made. So it's like, Raul Julia, oh, he was a great actor. Adam's Family, Adam's Family of Values. Kiss of the Spider Woman. Uh, Street Fighter. Maybe they'll remember Kiss of the Spider Woman. <laughs> that was like that was his big like prestige. Adam's Family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam's Family is the role he will forever be associated with. Sure. No, I was going to say... Or we Three Penny we, Opera. We have not talked about... Chris Klein's tour de force performance. Yeah, he's fucking incredible he's, in this movie. He, this is, I didn't realize Chris Klein could play another character, but what a character. You know, you see, you think Chris Klein, you're like, I imagine dopey guy, maybe yeah. dopey uh-huh. jock. Sure. Not so in this movie. You're, 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 you know, non-union Keanu Reeves. Sure. I like him more than Keanu Reeves. Yeah? Yeah. We learned a little bit about Elliot today. Well, but what do you, I don't like Keanu Reeves. Is it very much. is it like the the like eroticism and manly sensuality he brings to the, <laughs> the role? Or? Yeah, it's almost, it's the exact opposite of that. Actually, like he's so bland that he brings makes blandness into a part of the character. Almost like, kind of like Paul Walker. Uh, Paul Walker is genuinely bland. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, here Chris in the Klein character, is trying so hard not to be bland in this role. <laughs> yeah, Chris Walker as Nash is uh-huh. he is like constantly moving around in weird ways, looking at things in crazy yeah. ways, glowering into the camera. He delivers all of his lines as if they are the wittiest, toughest things that this like sarcastic but sexy detective could be mm-hmm. saying. You know. He thinks he's in a, like in a in a episode of Californication. It feels like. Yeah. You know. Well, he also like. The character, I think, is conceived as if this guy, oh, he hasn't showered in a couple of days. <laughs> you know, he's fished some coffee out of the, the garbage to, to drink in the morning. Like, he's, he's, he's had five cigarettes before breakfast. But he looks like the Disney version of that. <laughs> like, he's been scrubbed, and then some, like, careful oil has been applied to his hair. Yeah. You know? And then every once in a while, it seems like he's cha- like his line delivery feels like he's channeling Sean Hayes or something. It just gets way too. You effeminate. are really obsessed with Sean Hayes <laughs> because he is. This amount of time, that dude is fucking you bring hilarious. Up Sean Hayes. <laughs> he is so funny. <laughs> There's a great moment where Chris Klein is uh, being sarcastic. They they have encountered Chun Li. She's escaping from the nightclub and she runs through a strip club. And while she is there, she knocks out a bunch of gunmen by kicking them while swinging around the stripper pole. Mm-hmm. And Moon again sounds more exciting than it is. Yeah, it's really not. And Moon Bloodgood says to him like, "Maybe she's just an angry stripper." And Chris Klein's like, "Oh yeah, an irate pole dancer decided to go ahead." And it's like, sorry, the levels <laughs> your are hand, off the charts. Your hand motions definitely they can't see the hand captured, motions, but. Yeah. Uh, but it's literally like Dan was. You were saying when we were watching the movie, it's like the director said, "Like here, you're being sarcastic." And Chris Graham was like, "No, I got it. I've been practicing. Yeah, I know how to do this. I got this one, Coach." So really, there's a big uh, like. It is the it is the most ridiculous sarcasm. Ah, uh, yeah. My favorite part was when all the police and Interpol people find out that you know uh, the bad guy has been secretly buying up property using his. His shell corporation, Esperanto Corps, Esperanto Security. And all the police look out the window to the giant tower that says Esperanto Security. Right outside of their office. And then he's like, oh my god, they've been buying up property uh, or whatever. They've been lowering pr- re- like uh, the prices and stuff so they can buy it up cheap. 
let's get on it and they all like run out the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's let and it's like where are we going what are we doing what happened why is... how, how do how do we get on it uh <laughs> how did we find go this find out? like are they running go find lawyers or something like <laughs> i like to imagine that as soon as they like get out of the office like they're talking to each other it's like do you know what we're supposed to do <laughs> no i don't i just thought that it would look good if we were if we ran out i like... left my keys in there <laughs> i gotta go back <laughs> would it be weird if i went Maybe I should wait until he leaves. There, like, it feels later. like there are two movies going on here, which is the very boring Chun Li movie, yeah, sure. and then the kind of hilarious <laughs> action cop spoof with Chris Klein and Moon Bloodgood. And it's like I would like I wish it was all that movie. Like that they are in the kind of movie where they show up where the uh, the villains' enemies have all been left on the pier with their heads cut off, placed on plates in front of them, mm-hmm. and they're like, huh. On their own plates and everything. <laughs> well, dinner's served. You know, like all this made-up, stupid, crappy, witty jokes, and like the uh, and they're just really over the top and dumb. Like I wanted to watch. It was almost like someone saw a shoot 'em up and was like, "Yes, finally, someone gets the way an action movie should be taken seriously," and decided <laughs> to add that into Street Fighter, Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li. Well, I want to address something that you briefly did before, which was that. Um as you say, like these are kind of like parallel plot lines, and the first time they run into each other is at that um, that fight <coughs> in the uh, strip club, and they see each other only briefly before Chun Li runs out. And but in that moment, well, but they don't know who this years. woman is at all. Um, and then we see uh, Chris Klein on the computer looking her up. As you said, Elliot, he must have Googled her image. <laughs> So he, he just has her face in his head, not like her he, name. Like he scanned his brain <laughs> and put that picture into the computer and said, find this picture. Right. And so she, he sees an article about her being a pianist. A respected pianist. <laughs> who has disappeared. And then every, later Every on, time they look at, up the news in this movie, it is on the worst, ugliest designed like newspaper yeah, fake website. Fakest website. It's like all open white space rather than real website which would be a bunch of ads all over the place yeah, big make, red block letters because they make all this big deal about how how like secretive this shadow lao corporation is and the bad guy bison but of course chun li goes to like her local like library internet cafe or mm-hmm. something Immediately just Googles, I'm guessing, Shadow Lao or something. <laughs> and immediately that fucking Neil McDonough's face pops up. On a, on a newspaper that says, like, Esperanto Corps buying lots of property. You know, like, it's... Yeah. But anyway, these two, these two main characters don't know each other at all. And all the, they've just run into each other face to face once. And then uh, she probably Chris doesn't Klein even know who he like that he's a up. cop. Yeah. Know? And then all of a sudden at the I end don't know, of the he movie. He looks like a cop. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie, all of a sudden, she shows up in his apartment and is like, uh, I'm going to go down to the docks and take these guys down. I need some backup. And he's like, all right, sure, whatever, I'm on board. <laughs> he pro- I think he said it probably a little bit wittier with, uh-huh. a, with like a weird leer on his face. Sure. Or a scowl. <laughs> oh, God. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a really stupid movie. I, th- I think you really summed it up best in that this movie only makes sense because you've seen other movies. <laughs> it, like, it, yeah. so plot, many decisions. The plot is so, is by the numbers, but it's like they, it's so by the numbers they didn't bother to hit all the numbers, you know? Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, the audience knows how movies work. Yeah. They'll fill in the gaps. Yeah. Okay, so we're running over time, so we should do our final judgments really fast. Sure. And then move on. We had a lot more to say about this than I thought we um, So... Is the, bad. 
Yeah, is this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie that you kind of liked in some way? I will go with Elliot in the sense that um, if this movie was all about Chris Klein, I would think it was hilarious. It'd be a good bad movie. Like, because it is the worst performance I've seen <laughs> in a major release film that I can remember. Uh, and it's hilarious. But everything with uh, our actual main character is boring, boring, boring. So that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, bad, bad. I agree. I'm going to go good, bad on this one because. Whoa! Because. Everything about this movie is so stupid and terrible that it makes it kind of fun to watch it because mm-hmm. it's so dumb. Okay, it's it was so a bad. good movie to make fun of. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's... And that's, it's... Oh, what were you saying? That's all I was going to say. And it's only 95 minutes long, so mm-hmm. it's not like 7 Pounds, which was roughly 18 hours long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt like 49 hours long. <laughs> so before we get into our recommendations, we should uh, talk about the the contest... Flop of the Flopper's Contest. Sure. A, the contest, the classic Seinfeld episode. Yeah, that's been sweeping the nation. <laughs> um, we got a record turnout of entries this mm-hmm. year in the contest. I think we got one, and then one guy who maybe was entering, but didn't make it clear. And so, congratulations, Dash. <laughs> <laughs> You've won the uh, Wait, contest. did you say Nash? No. Chris Klein's <laughs> great character from The Legend of Chun-Li? No, I said Dash, the character from The Incredibles. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, congratulations, Dash. Uh, if you're out there, get in touch with us at theflophousepodcast at gmail.com. Um, do what you can to prove to me that you're not a crazy person, since we are going to uh, invite you to spend time person. with us. Yeah, or be crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll work out the details of, of you uh, coming for one of these podcasts. Hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Some beer seeing and how, the, how the magic happens. Yeah. Oh, I can taste the Popeyes already. Maybe he'll get lucky and be That's the one. He'll just get the Popeyes you had the, earlier. And maybe he'll get lucky yeah, and right. get to watch the Wolverine movie with us. Yeah, well, that's maybe we could always put a hold on that one until. Yeah, I can't wait. So we can see Wolverine briefly as a Civil War soldier in the opening credits. <laughs> oh, stop right. teasing me! <laughs> so now we should talk about movies that we actually liked in some way. Oh, okay, recommendations. <laughs> Um, anyone want to start? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was really sick last week. Um, so I was, you know, I was watching some movies and I watched, uh, the movie Double Impact starring Jean-Claude Van Damme in both of the starring roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Bolo Young is the bad guy. (laughs) Uh, there's some good fighting. Um, there's a, a couple pretty good boob shots. Sure. All together. Like yeah, all together. Like, and I kind of built those boobs, that boob shot up in my head you when built I was a those kid. Boobs. Yeah, <laughs> I built them up in my head. Like, okay. I didn't like build them out of Legos or or like paper sure. papier mache. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it was it was a it was a good flick. All right, thumbs up. Um, that's not the one. Double with, impact. What's the? Is it maximum? What's the one with species maximum in overdrive? It? What? What's the one with the girl from Species in it with Jean-Claude Van Damme? I, I have no idea. Not Double Impact, though, right? No. Okay. Maybe Lionheart? <laughs> yeah. No, it, oh, it's The Quest. That's what it is. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's the like, Legionnaire. It's like Maximum Blowhard or something. Or Okay. I haven't seen that one. Oh, you're thinking oh. of Lorenzo's Oil. Lorenzo's Oil. No, not Sudden Death. Uh, well, anyway, walk it doesn't matter. Walk in the Clouds? Uh-huh. <laughs> walk in the Jean-Claude Van Damme in a walk in the in like water for chocolate death of a salesman like water for um so I was sort of uh sick today so I had you a little extra time sick. did you guys have a touch of the swine flu well we made out and, yeah uh, so. oh the mumps 
No, yeah. I mean, I don't think I had the swine flu. Mine was more pooping based. Yeah, mine's swine poop. Mine's totally. No, sinuses. that's not out. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't. I don't think we had the same thing yeah. because I just pooped a lot. Did you? Did you? Did you poop no, a lot, Dan? I, I would like to just recommend my movie, which okay. is. Um, it's called Poop, and it's. <laughs> I watched everybody it. poops the movie. Star Keanu Reeves. Eighty nine minutes of just people sitting on the. Floor. It's like one of those faces of death things, but with pooping. I watched Trick or Treat like you did uh, last week, Stuart. Yeah, man. And I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it even more than you did. What? Um, but I'm not recommending it because that would be a, a redundant recommendation. Sure. Repeat recommendation. <laughs> uh, I also watched Roman Polanski's uh, Repulsion, but I don't think that that needs to be recommended to anyone. It's a classic film. A What's lot of people know about it. A lot of, lot of build-up to the movie you're going to recommend. <laughs> Uh, I just don't want to leave any, anyone out. I don't want Roman Polanski to feel bad that I didn't mention Repulsion. Roman Polanski it has, has a lot, a lot to of, feel bad about. Yeah, well, hey, that's why I don't want to add to it, <laughs> Elliot. Um, but, uh... Uh-huh, I did then not mention Repulsion. <laughs> it's not even French. I don't know why he had a French accent. Yeah, um, but I'm going to recommend uh, Vampires. That's Vampires with a Y. Uh, it was made during the uh, brief or not-so-brief 1970s craze for lesbian vampire films. Um, and of all the lesbian vampire films I've seen, I think I would place it at the top. Sure. i put it above uh, The Vampire Lovers, which is probably number two. What about Embracing uh, the Vampire? Isn't that all? Above lesbian? Daughters of Darkness. What about Emmanuel Meets Dracula? Which is number three. Also about va- Vampiros Lesbos. Emmanuel wins. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, it's a pretty weak vampire. A pretty weak Dracula. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I liked it better than those other ones. Didn't Misty Monday make a Dracula movie? Or a vampire movie? Uh, Daughters of Dracula, I think. Oh, is. you said that already. I guess I... No, I guess that I guess that would be the fifth lesbian vampire <laughs> film that I've seen. But <laughs> of all that, Where of those, does that one rank? That's probably number five. It's not... Uh, oh, that's too bad. It's, it's more of a softcore <laughs> porn film than a vampire movie. <laughs> Still counts. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... I'd like to find out your your ranking, like how sure. you rank things, man. We'll <laughs> talk about that What's later. I'll send you a chart. I'll send you an Excel chart sure. after the podcast. But uh, it feels kind of like a Hammer horror film, but not as incredibly slow as many Hammer horror films can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from MC the same, Hammer horror film. Mm-hmm. It's from the same period, but it was a, I think a Spanish production that was trying to uh, you know borrow some of the same feel and. Uh, it has a lot of long sequences where nothing happens and it's just atmospheric, but... Um, Keep selling it. In general, <laughs> I think it's pretty solid. I mean, if you want to see an exploitation film that has a few actual haunting images and also lesbian vampires, I recommend Vampires with a Y. Sure. Uh, and now that's V-A-M-P-Y-R-E-S. Not The title yeah. isn't Vampires with a Y. <laughs> no. No, it's also not Vampires at the Y. <laughs> That's <laughs> That'd a completely be a good movie. different movie. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll recommend two movies. One is in the theaters right now, uh, and that is a movie that a lot of people have not liked, but I did, called Where the Wild Things Are, hmm. that I thought is was very good, very well done. It is not a fun movie and not necessarily enjoyable to sit through at times, but it's a very emotionally honest movie. It feels like, and I like the way they did a lot. But there are some like twee Spike Jones touches that are kind of irritating. Uh, but overall, I said A plus, kind of. Okay. Uh, and the other movie is not in the theaters now, and hasn't been for seventy years, and that is John Ford's Stagecoach, which I recently 
watched again so that I could edit it down to about seven minutes. And watching it again, I was like, this is a really good movie. Like, I'd forgotten how fun it is. And it's a really mm-hmm. fantastic movie. So That also has an Irishman in it. Um, I don't... Does Stagecoach? Most of know. John Ford's movies do. They have Victor McLaughlin being I assumed like, that the drunk was an Irishman. Oh, Thomas was, Mitchell, the, dr- the drunk doctor? Yeah. No way. Yeah, no. He's probably of English stock. Okay. Sure. So now what do we do? Now we <laughs> sign off, buddy. Okay. You guys don't have any wacky things to plug? I do. Yeah, what are you People plugging? You want me to plug something? Sure, plug Well, this quick. isn't for like another month after recording this, but my next film screening at the 92nd Street Y Tribeca, December 2nd, which is a Wednesday at 8 p.m. I'll be showing The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, Preston Sergis's funny, funniest movie, bar none, uh, with special guest Christian Shaw of Flight of the Concords to talk with me about the movie. So again, that's December 2nd, 8 p.m., 92nd Street Y Tribeca, if you're in the New York area. Uh, and if you look up it up on uh, 92ytribeca.org, I think is the website. Or 92ytribeca.org. I don't know why you feel like you need to like put this in the thing. I will, I will add a link to it on the website, and it'll <laughs> well, make it a lot easier. Well, some people but, know about it. I don't uh, know. Sure, and I'm going to plug uh, Charlene's Bar, which is, where, <laughs> which is where I go drink after recording these things. So if you want to find Stuart, mm-hmm. that's you know, where the drinking, place to go. Yeah. Charlene's uh, Bar. Charlene's Bar, Flatbush in Brooklyn, Flatbush <laughs> Avenue between Park and Sterling. Yeah, wow. Dan, what right, you want to plug like your office or something? Or uh, my sketch group a uh, has a uh, show in Long Island City that's coming up, and that we will soon have a monthly show at the Magnet Theater. But I will put links to those on the website. I will not burn up extra tape talking about those right tape? now. Tape. This is being recorded on a computer. Yeah, it's but on the internet, isn't it? As I pointed out several times, um, my computer only takes a certain amount of stuff before it breaks. Oh, that's right. And you yeah. guys are pushing it right now. So I would like to sign off. My name is Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen, too. Good night. Bye. Elliot Kalen, too, is in Elliot Kalen as well. So. Well, I'll let the listeners puzzle that one out. I'm Stuart, I'm talking, blah, blah, blah. Say something about your penis. I'm Dan, I'm also I talking. Never talk about my fucking <laughs> Gloria Stewart or something. Okay. Well, I, I never talk about Gloria Stewart. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it like this. I'm really a blah, Mint apparently also has vitamin A, C, E, and zinc. I'm going to take one. Vitamin Z for zinc. Come back, zinc. Come back. Come back. Come back, zinc. Zinc, zinc. Hi, it's Dan here. If you like listening to the Flophouse, why not visit us on the web at www.flophousepodcast.com, where you can find show notes, videos, fan art, and links to Wikipedia synopses of all the Flophouse films, so you can play along at home. If you're looking for more Flophouse stuff, check out our Facebook page, where you can discuss the show with other fans. Or subscribe to our Twitter feed at The Flophouse Pod. Your support helps us build an audience, so if you like the show, why not vote for us at Podcast Alley? Or subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're there, take a moment to write a review. Links for everything can be found on the webpage. Lastly, we love hearing from you, so if you have thoughts, feedback, or suggestions, let us know at theflophousepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>